wireless charger. So my Father's Day starting out pretty good, right? <laughs> anyway, um, it's a pleasure to be up here. It's an honor to be up here. And i um, just going to share some things about the cross that I've been learning this week. I've been thinking about it the whole week. I've, I've been laid up. You can see my foot's kind of in the cast here. But uh, I've been having a lot of time to read and think about things. So if I go a little bit longer, I'm not going to go as long as J.D., but bear with me for a little bit here. So I thought about, you know, God and how he's different than me, right? That's one of the things I was thinking about. It's Father's Day. I'm trying to incorporate God, you know, into the cross, you know, besides Jesus. You know, Jesus at the cross, obviously, but God had a big part of that too, right? So I thought about the plans, about how God has these master plans, and really I have very few plans. I'm, I got these guys who just kind of fly sometimes by the seat of my pants, and, you know, it doesn't work out too well sometimes, you know. It's good to have plans. So, you know, I think about God's plan. He had plan A, plan B, and plan C. And plan A was to always be with man. You know, that was Adam and the Garden of Eden, and that's the way it started. That's the way it was supposed to be. But, of course, we had to mess it up, you know, with Adam, you know, the great fall from man. And then he had to go to plan B, right? Plan B was the Old Testament and the Word, and he goes, well, I'm going to fix it this way. Of course, he always had plan C, which was Christ, and that's what we're going to focus on here in a minute. So with Christ, you get a couple things, right? We get atonement for sins, and we talk a lot about atonement for sins. You know, fixing our terminal illness. We have to realize that mankind has got a terminal illness that only Christ can fix. And we talk about that a lot, too. But something, and we talk about everlasting life. We, you know, we talk about the cross, think about Christ, all the things he's done for us. We think about, hey, we're going to have everlasting life. But, you know, the other thing that I've been thinking about more about, and this is because uh, Tom is <laughs> giving me this book on heaven. I'm about a third of the way through it, but um, there's a lot in there. But <laughs> learning a lot from that. But it's about that final destination. Our final destination is the new earth and the new heaven. That's where we're going to be with God forever. And that's that that's it comes full circle. You know, in the beginning, that's the way God designed it. And in the end, that's the way it's going to be for those who follow Christ. So when we look at the cross, um, you know, I, I still can't quite fathom why it had to go down the way it did, you know, because, you know, when Desert Storm happened, we had, we had this plan, you know, that I think it was called shock and awe, you know, that we were going to just completely destroy, you know, the, Israel, the, the Iraqi army, right? And in a way, it's the same thing with the cross. It had to be shock and awe. It wasn't just going to be a sacrifice that was going to be like, you know, Christ, you know, just dying one day and he's gone. He had to go through a lot of suffering. He had to, it had to be a prolonged event. And that to me is just like hard to, to really fathom. You know, I wasn't there to see it. You know, the Romans had perfected this art of putting people to death on the cross where it was excruciating. It lasted days, right? He was flogged even before he got up on the cross, right? So we know we know about that, and there's a reason for all those things. And uh, if you turn to, with me to um, excuse me, Hebrews five eight through ten, um, just give you a little bit of time to get over there. But um, it's one of the things that that I still sometimes have a hard time understanding. I understand Christ was born sinless. He lived a sinless life. He was flawless. He was holy, completely holy. But one thing I still have to remind myself is that he was not perfect. He wasn't perfect until he had suffered. So if you look at Hebrews 5, 8 through 10, starting verse 8, it says, Son, though he was, 
he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So I don't want to go into Melchizedek. That's a whole other <laughs> set of uh, things. But, uh, but basically, you know, he had to suffer. And that's that. And he had to suffer for a reason. That was for so he became the perfect sacrifice. So even though God had this plan to sacrifice his son, he had to watch his son die he had to, and, and suffer. And here's another part of God that's really amazing. If you think about it, God and Jesus together in heaven for, in, in the beginning, right? They were together in the beginning. And then Jesus came to earth and he goes through his ministry and he suffers. He dies. He takes on the sin of God, of all mankind. And God has to turn his back on Jesus. He had to leave him alone. And for Jesus to be alone and feel that loneliness, that was like one of the last things he had to suffer, really was loneliness, because he had never experienced loneliness until he went to the cross. And I think about that, you know, with, um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I've been a kind of an apathetic, accused of being apathetic, or, and I don't know if it's just kind of the way I grew up, but, you know, I kind of had a rough uh, upbringing, you know, with my mom and things with my dad and stuff, and I think I just kind of, you know, sometimes I don't always empathize with people the way I should. Uh, or can, but, um, you know, when we look at the cross, it's like, God, he had to have loved Jesus so deeply and cared about him, yet he still turned turned his back on Jesus in Jesus' most vulnerable moment because he couldn't be with him on the cross. So that, to me, was so much different than me because I'm just kind of really, I think about myself a lot more than I think of other people. God's obviously not like that. But then... Um, Another thing is that, you know, when I think about the cross, I think about how many times I make mistakes. I make times I make a lot of mistakes. Just ask my wife, my kids, right? So uh, the last part, the last thing I want to cover here is um, Hebrews, um, (coughs) going back to Hebrews, Hebrews 7, 23 to 28. So turn there real quickly. And... um, The point here is that God intercedes for us always. I'm, I'm, I'm really a lot more grateful for that than I, than I was after this week. Starting in, uh, in verse uh, Hebrews 7, verse 23, it says, Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing office, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. And that's what I that's what I want to really emphasize. He's always interceding for us. Even though I mess up, even though you know, I, I have a lot to be desired in terms of being a great father or a great husband or whatever, I, I, I don't give up, but God covers my mistakes. He intercedes for me daily. And multiple times during the day, right? So it says, Such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priest, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day for his own sins. 
and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men and their all their weaknesses. But the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. So my appreciation for, for God, first of all, for him to go through with this plan, which he had to know was going to be very painful for God, because I'm sure God, you know, being with, I mean, just, we don't know how long God was with Jesus before Jesus came to earth, right? We just know it was a long time. But he had to still leave him and leave him alone at the cross. But in the end, it works out, right? Because Jesus, new, new heaven, new earth, restored mankind. In the end, it's all, all going to work out. So please pray with me. I pray for the bread and the cup. Father God, we're so grateful for the perfect Father that you are, for the way you're able to go through with the plan to have us saved, to have us given us eternal life, the chance to be with you forever, God, through the sacrifice you made for your son. His son, your son whose body is broken on a cross, which this bread represents, and the blood that was spilled on the cross, so much blood, which this juice represents. Thank you, God, for your sacrifice and for Jesus' sacrifice. In some Jesus' pray. Amen.
Okay, now um, this comes a time in our service uh, for the um, contribution. And, um, you know, I just have one scripture for that. You don't need to turn to it. It's, it's a pretty short one. I'll read it. It's from Hebrews also, Hebrews 13, 16. It says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. And I think about, you know, this country we live in, the city we live in, the jobs we have, most of us have insurance. I mean, guys, we're really blessed in so many ways compared to most other places in the world. And God just wants us to share, you know. He wants us to share whether we have a little or a lot. And I just want to pray that uh, the days of sharing um, and our sacrifices are pleasing to God. God, thank you so much for this time where we're able to give back to you uh, because you have given so much to us, God, materially, spiritually, in so many ways we can't even count, God. We pray that the offerings that we have today, the things you are willing to share with others, is pleasing to your eyes, God. And we pray that you are able to do immeasurably more than we can think of with what we are given today. Your Son, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Can we give John a hand? John, you touched on one of my favorite points. That um, I don't know. I never want to forget that God had to lead Jesus. You know, even in our lowest point, God will never lead. He, he waits for us. But he literally, when God, when Jesus called out to him, he literally had to just say, no, I can't touch you. I cannot touch you. And I think that is, that's so impactful. That we never have to experience that because of his sacrifice. So thank you so much, John. Hope you guys are enjoying the service that we seek to glorify God on this Father's Day. Um, no major announcements. We do want to point out that this Saturday at 9.30 a.m., we're going to start our prayer circuit. It's a time where we go throughout the town praying for the needs of Huntsville, for the churches, for his people, just for his spirit to move within our community at this time. Any visitors who would like to join, we will um, update that information on Facebook, as well as um, for those who are already in the church, please check it, Please check the group me. Um, yeah, if you have any other questions, please talk to J.D. and Claudette. If you have any other questions on that, at this time, we will dismiss our kiddos, our kids and our preteens. All right, guys, before we do that, we're going to stand up. We want to turn to 729. No favor, we're going to sing Jordan River. <laughs> 